Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and ed tech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 256. As the weather is getting hotter, it is time for ISTE, and that is the topic of today's show. I've got two amazing instructional coaches on with me today talking all about the 2023 ISTE conference happening in Philadelphia, my hometown. I'm looking forward to it. I want to bring on today... One of my good friends, Miss Debbie Tannenbaum. Debbie, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. This is a great topic. It is so exciting. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm looking forward to learning all about the different topics. But uh, how's your year ending up? You, you know, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Tell us a little bit about how, how things are with you. Um, well, if you've been following me at all on social media, you know that I broke my foot at the beginning of May. I slipped on one of those slippery sidewalks during an AM kiss and ride. So um, I've actually been um, kind of homebound, which kind of sucks. Um, but I've been able to still kind of keep in touch with what's going on in the educational um, community. And I'm really excited. I have a conference coming up in Texas next weekend. And then I'm excited about coming to ISTE at the end of June. The last time I went to ISTE was my I was I just came as a participant um, in Philly, so I'm really excited about getting to um, have my second ISTE in Philly be a totally different environment. Plus, I'm an ISTE certified educator now, so that's even more exciting. Oh, congratulations on that. That is something that I'm still working on. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later, but I want to introduce our next guest from the great state of Ohio, Miss Sarah Kiefer. Sarah, how are you today? Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Jeff. Glad to be here. <clears throat> Now, tell us a little bit about your world right now. You've already finished school, haven't you? Yes, we've been out a little more than a week, and I already did a real quick little vacation. I went to London for a few days with my sister, so started the summer off right. That sounds amazing. What did you do in London? Um, Jam-packed as much of the tourist stuff that we could (laughs) possibly pack in. Uh, It was absolutely fantastic she's a a great person to travel with so um always enjoy doing that nice nice guys if you have any questions about this show or anything you can always head on over to askthetechcoach.com you can find all of our 245 other podcasts we do the show each and every monday this is the podcast for instructional coaches and digital learning leaders and don't forget if you head on over to askthetechcoach.com scroll down to the bottom you can join our instructional coaches network we've got over 1500 coaches all in a great little facebook group that is jam-packed with information if you're looking for a great professional learning network for instructional coaches and digital learning leaders check it out today over at askthetechcoach.com now my friends let's talk a little bit about this i'm excited about this isti for many reasons number one as i mentioned earlier it's in my hometown of philadelphia i kind of feel like it's home field advantage for me I'm, i'm pulling out all the stops for my sessions we'll talk a little bit about those things later but you know the other reason i'm excited about this is this is going to be my 10th conference 
And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I've been out to San Diego. I've been to, to San Antonio twice, Chicago, Denver, Atlanta. This will be my second Philadelphia one. And, of course, you've got those virtual things going. Um, Debbie, you said this is your second conference, right? This is my second ISTE in Philly. Um, this is my, I guess, if you don't count the virtual ones, I went, and I went to it way back in the day when it was NACC. So this is actually, I guess, my fourth one, if you count NACC. Now, when we're looking at a conference this big, there's always the questions of how do you do it? How do you survive it, right? Like, it's it's a monster conference. It's bigger than your traditional ed camp. Um, Debbie, what advice do you have for any ISTE newbies that are out there? I think that it's really important that you schedule yourself time to explore, not just to go to sessions. I always find when I go to conferences that are this big that sometimes the best conversations I have are sometimes walking on the expo hall floor. So I know like as I designed my schedule for this time, I made sure every day that the expo hall was open, I scheduled at least an hour to just walk and talk because there are so many people who you are gonna meet that you'll know from someplace else and sometimes those organic conversations can be really, really meaningful and you'll learn a ton from them. I think that, you know, sometimes even just sitting next to somebody in the hall can be a great conversation. But I know when I first started, when my first ISTE, I went there, I was overscheduled myself. And then when I ran into somebody in the hall, I realized that conversation was just as important. So don't be afraid to schedule yourself some downtime because at least looking at my schedule for this year, almost every night there's an evening event. And when I went to Philly last time, sometimes I would go back to my hotel in the middle of the day, take a break and then go back because it's a, it's a lot of steps. It's a lot of activity. You're using your brain at high capacity. It's exhausting. So it's not, you have to make sure you allow time. It's not like a regular teaching day where your body's in that habit of being able to do things. This is a grueling but exciting process. And you have to make sure that you keep that in mind. You make it sound so romantic. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I love it, but you know, I'm going to be honest. You're going it, to, it's like, it's, it's put your hat on and prepare for war. Here we go. Well, make but sure that you, you know, you're wearing comfortable shoes. I saw so many people come in in their fancy shoes. Don't wear fancy shoes, wear comfortable shoes. Um, and you're going to love it, but don't try to do everything because Pick what you think is going to best meet your needs and give yourself time to process. Because if you don't give yourself time to process those things that you do bring home, you won't be able to fully implement. You know, just to echo some of the things that you mentioned, sometimes the best sessions are in the hallways. Yes. Right. And, and I look at it as, you know, if you want to if you want to call the conference like a big Twitter, right, like you've got <laughs> you, you, you've got the stuff that happens in this stream that everybody sees. You've got the algorithm that Twitter puts in front of you that they think is important. But then you have all your private DM rooms and you have to be able to navigate through each of those things. Now, the nice thing about having an ISTE conference be both physical and virtual is that you have all of those things happening at once on top of each other. Now, I don't know officially what the official ISTE hashtag is. I think we say this every year. I often say follow hashtag ISTE, ISTE Live, ISTE 2023, ISTE 23. But I'm sure there's other hashtags that people are going to make up, even on the spot. Sometimes you have those vanity hashtags, you know. Um, last year it was ISTE COVID. And so when we're looking at things, 
how do you manage to follow all of this stuff on your phone or on your tablet? Like, how do you manage both the physical and the virtual? Sarah, how do you, how are you going to be following all the action this year? Uh, definitely Twitter for sure. That's for me, that's the easiest and that's the one that um super comfortable with, but I do know there are a lot of people that put together those docs, typically Eric Kurt, Stephanie Howell put together um, a wide open Google doc that anybody can dump information into. And I love checking out those things because even though I'm not there in person, I can still gain a lot of insight, a lot of information. And a lot of times that helps because like a, I'm not at those sessions, but I get to see things through other people's interpretation, which even allows a bit more, you know, of a creative aspect for me to see what other people are interpreting these sessions to be. Now, Debbie, when we're looking at these things, there's a couple different ways of handling this, right? Uh Generally at ISTE time, the numbers that they give are between 14 and say 17,000 people. I'm curious to see what the numbers are this year. Now that we're, you know, can I say out of the pandemic? I mean, there was a huge number of people last year, me included that walked out a little bit more positive than they walked in. Um, (laughs) But I find some of the best ways to, to conquer this is to crowdsource the learning right you can't be everywhere and even if you find an isti buddy sometimes the best thing is to sit down next to that isti buddy at a session sometimes the best thing is to say you take this one and i take this one and then we share it on like a padlet or a wakelet or a doc or a sheet what advice debbie do you have when you're working with you know by yourself or many people are coming to isti with their school districts how do you make sure that you're getting the most out of this experience? I think you really have to set goals for yourself and decide what you really want. Last year, I went with my school district, so I came with a whole group of people. Um, this year, my school district is not bringing me. I'm coming on my own. Um, so it's a very, you know, so last year we were able to do some crowdsourcing and putting stuff together, and we had shared documents. This year, I'm really looking at it as, What are the couple of things that I really, as an instructional coach, want to make sure I bring back to my learning community? And then from there, finding those sessions, making sure that I'm really being strategic about it because I can't go to everything. And so many times I'll look at a session, I'll be like, oh, wow, that looks so great but I'm doing a session at the same time. Or that looks so great, but I have something else that I have to do then. And so I my goal is to really just focus on those few things that I want to learn that I want to bring forward for my students and my educators. I can't do it all. Um, and just really acknowledge that. And I know there are a lot of shared documents. A lot of times also people will post a session and they'll leave the bitly up and then I can go look at their sessions earlier, but I'm really going with the idea that less is more this year. I, I do go to a lot of conferences. I love presenting. And I'm looking for sessions that I haven't seen anywhere else. I'm not going to go to a session that I've seen somebody else do at another conference I've been at. I can go see them later. I'm picking sessions that are people who I really want to learn from, who are teaching me something that I might not get to learn if I wasn't at such a big conference. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because 
one of the things that we've mentioned here in years past is, you know, don't waste your time at this conference, right? It's okay to go yeah. into a session and sit down because you want to see a presenter or, you know, maybe you're studying how a presenter does things. But I often find a lot of presenters are basically doing visual representations of a blog post they've already put out. If you can read a post in 10 seconds, why would you be sitting there for an hour listening to somebody basically rattle off the same thing? I don't know. Is that is that weird? Is that just me? Sarah, what do you think? Would you go into a session based off the person or based on the topic? Or what would make you at a conference like this, you know, walk through that door and sit down for an hour, hour and a half? My number one is looking for, like Debbie was saying, the topics. Like, what is my goal to learn at this conference? I do try to leave a little leeway with, oh, that's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about that kind of topics and present um, presentations. But like Debbie said, if you've seen the presenter four times already, like you probably already know what they're going to share and what they're going to talk about. So give yourself the time to check out new things or new presenters because chances are, and like Jeff, you said, a lot of times presenters do put their stuff out in a blog post. You can catch it later, but my number one is a topic. And sometimes when I've gone to conferences um, with, with my district, it's they're kind of giving me that directive, like, hey, we really want to look at this tool or, or these ideas. And that becomes like where I fill in my schedule. You had mentioned schedules. And I think it's easy to sit here now, a few weeks ahead of ISTE, and put this conference schedule together, right? Like you're trying to figure out where are the sessions that you want to go to, where are some of the sessions that are here. I find putting a map together and trying to find sessions that are near, I think it's easy. And this is going back to Debbie's comment earlier about not bringing your high heels, right? Like making <laughs> sure that you aren't running yourself crazy. I remember a few years ago when I went to FETC in Orlando, the conference center is uh, massive. And yeah. it's basically like two big conference centers that are kind of combined to each other to make one big building. And I got caught on the wrong side of the building with five minutes to get to the session I wanted yeah. to be. There was just no way. Absolutely no way. So I usually spend the time mapping out where things yeah, are. Yeah. I also try to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, walking around, right? Because you can get into the conference area before the sessions, right? Like yeah. the conference is officially running from the 25th through the 28th. Right. And that's Monday to Wednesday. But, you know, there's stuff happening on Sunday. Yeah. There's stuff happening on Saturday. I mean, f Thursday is when the ISTE folk actually start to come in. Uh, I'm sure maybe some people are going to be there earlier, but I mean, I know the people that I'm sp speaking to, they're getting in on Thursday, which means, you know, they're wow. running. I, I, I often like actually, depending on the conference, um, I, I think it might have been San Antonio where like you could, there's a hallway that overlooks the conference center and it's always interesting to see what that conference center looks like saturday where it's just a bunch of <laughs> trucks and boxes and 
Sunday, it looks a little bit nicer, but you're still scratching your head. And then suddenly Monday morning, it's it's conference season. So to see all these all these really hardworking people go, it's it's pretty awesome just to put all these things together. Now, let's kind of take a look at some of the sessions that you'd want to go to. Now, uh, Debbie, you're presenting a, a lot, aren't you? I have nine total sessions. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. Nine total Set. This is what happens when you're sitting at home with a broken foot, right? Yeah, I have three regular sessions, three booth sessions, and then three playgrounds. That's insane. I know. Tell us about a, a few. <laughs> I'll ask the triplet question. Which one's your favorite, right? So, <laughs> um, The ones that are probably my favorites are the ones I'm doing as regular sessions. Um, when I went to ISTE last summer in New Orleans, I just did playground and poster sessions. Um, and they're an amazing opportunity, and we can talk more about that later. But on Sunday, I'm doing a session that talks about um, Project Zero's learning um, routine, learn thinking routines, and how you can use digital tools to amplify those routines and really create artifacts of learning. Um, one of the things I'm super passionate about is making sure our students are creating versus consuming. And this session talks about how we can create and but look at creation not like a three-day project or a month-long project but create artifacts that show our students thinking um it's one of my favorites to share because i'll share things during this session and you'll be like how did i not know that existed it's anybody can use it it's fun and we kind of build a collection together of resources to take with you so that's my sunday session um my monday is all my playgrounds um Tuesday, I'm doing um, Empowering Student Voice with UDL and Tech Tools. Um, as part of my, um, my session, as part of my ISTE certification, we dug really deep into UDL. And this really talks about how UDL is present in Tech Tools and how we can really um, help our students and empower their voice. Um, definitely a session I did it when I first started doing sessions and it's been totally revamped based on my ISTE coursework. Um, and it just gives you a lot of ways that you can use tech tools with UDL because UDL really gives us a lot of great integration tips. And then on Wednesday, and that one's from one to two. And then on Wednesday is probably my favorite session of all of the sessions I do. It's the session that comes from deep inside of my heart and it's empowering um, our youngest scholars to create using digital tools. Um, one of the things I'm most passionate about in the whole world is that our youngest students need to become creators. They need to become proficient using digital tools. In this session, I share a lot of the tips and tricks I've discovered in my, in my five years as being a tech coach and how I've gotten my students to become more independent learners with agency and become creators. I help you pick tech tools that are really good for our littles. Um, I even give you some free subscriptions to some tech tools that I love. Um, it's just the session that comes from way deep inside of my heart. And I'm really thrilled that I get to do that to end my ISTE time as far as presentations go. How do you plan on preparing for all of this? I mean, look, I, you know, we talked a little offline here. I know you've got some time because you know, you're, you're out of commission right now, but how do you prepare to have nine ISTE level presentations all done and ready to go? Well, I think that a lot of it is, you know, really just taking the time to figure out what I want to do. Like, I'll be honest, the ones I'm doing for playgrounds, they're like 15 minute sessions. So they're not as, in, you know, as intensive. I'm doing some booth sessions. Um, 
but really looking at the sessions that I'm doing, making sure that it, that they're interactive, that they can accommodate a large audience because a lot of some tools will only let you work with up to 50 you know, participants. So if I know like, for example, that I'm gonna be in a ballroom for one of my sessions, I'm not gonna put something that fits 50 people. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I can make it as interactive as possible. And given the amount of space I have, you know, because as you know, when you have a big room, sometimes you'll have 10 people, sometimes you'll have a full room. You never can guess because ISTE is so immense. Um, but really focusing on that. And then with my playground sessions, I do them very differently. I do them almost like a choice board where people come up. I say, these are the things I can talk about. And then I let them pick what they want to explore. Um, it's not, it's, it's done very differently because people are coming to you at a table. You're having conversations about what they want to know. Um, when I do my playgrounds, I always make sure I leave out a QR code so people can scan it and take it with them. Um, so lots, you know, just I, I view each of those three types of very differently. Um, and I, like I said, I've been given the gift of time and I've had lots of time in the last couple of weeks to work on them. So I'm just continuing to work on what I currently have done in some of my other presentations and then see how I can take it up to that next level. If you're looking for more information about this, you can, of course, head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. This is episode number 246. Also on that blog post is going to be links to all of Debbie's sessions and some other great sessions, too. Sarah, you've been looking forward to hearing, and I know all the social media stuff, from great instructional coaches that we know and love. What are some great instructional coaching sessions that anybody who's out there, either virtually or physically, should be looking forward to? Um, I, I think you could easily identify some of your favorite Twitter followers. Like Debbie said, you may not know them in person, but you've probably seen their names. You probably follow them on Twitter and you go, oh, like I, it, here's my chance to go see them. A um, couple of them that I've been looking at are the ones that incorporate the edu protocols. Mm -hmm. That's a whole idea that I think I would love to dive deeper into I've got a couple of the books and I've talked with a couple of teachers in my district and the idea that these protocols are already out there and there's modifications of them even too, to be able to use that in your classroom is something that I'm, I'm getting really excited about. And I think that that will go a long way in our current whole education climate to allow teachers to kind of take a deep breath and go, I I don't have to do everything from scratch and I don't have to start all over. Um, so Nicholas Kiamaniti has one on Monday about implementing edu protocols. So I think that would be definitely one that if I could be there in person that I would see. So that's, that's definitely one for me. One of the things that I'm looking forward to is all the partnerships. And I'm excited because on Monday, I'm going to be partnering up with some great educators and some great companies to do a session called Understanding Microsoft Teams. Uh, basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be stripping down Microsoft, Microsoft 365, Microsoft Office, however you want to call it, and basically showing you how do you take these tools and build a digital hub for your classroom instruction. Talk about what we're going to do in Teams, how we're going to use things like SharePoint websites to create a digital learning 
learning environment. And you know what? You might be listening to this saying, but I don't do Microsoft. I'm a Google person. And that's okay. I would invite you to come to that session anyway, because the stuff that we can do in Microsoft, we can also mimic on the Google side. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm also partnering up that time with a great uh, company called Book Widgets. And we're going to be giving out some great stuff. And I'm looking forward to showing off not only what you can do with Teams, with SharePoint, with Microsoft Office, but also how you can interact with really like one chameleon app, if you will, in book widgets and how you can create an assignment in book widgets and put that right through Teams and Google Classroom, et cetera, and have that done. I'm also looking forward to Sunday. I know we said that the conference is is uh, you know, Monday to Wednesday, but there's a lot of stuff happening on Sunday. If you happen to fly in early Sunday morning at 1230 to 130, they've got a great session called today's content creation for tomorrow's influencers. And this I is something to have that one on my schedule, Jeff. It's a great one. This is one that I'm excited <laughs> about because basically what we're going to be looking for, for is how do we focus on our students how do we get them from beyond the assignment to the more practical i mean we've been saying authentic learning experiences forever what does that mean what could that do for you and if you have that one or two students who are really out there trying things or maybe they already have been trying things how do you foster them how do you support them so it's a lot of academics it's a lot of philosophical but it's also the practical of what do we do with those students that are going out there and that are trying things? How do we create that walled garden for them to, to, you know, be what they want to be, but do it in a safe place and do it in a safe way. Now, maybe you have a student that's out there trying to make a YouTube channel and you know nothing about YouTube. This is a good conversation for that. And you never know, we might have a guest speaker show up. I'm not going to say who, might be nine years old, but we'll see what happens. And um, we're, we're, we're going to see if we can tell some stories of some amazing people who are near and dear and close to me here. So check that one out. That's going to be Sunday, June 25th from 1230 to 130. And my Microsoft session is going to be Monday, June 26th from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Sarah, was there one more that you're looking at that says like, that's a must have, or let's, you know, let me check that one out. Or, Hey, if you're on the floor at the conference center, that one would be good for you. Okay, so this is not a traditional one, but I'm super jealous, and it shows that it's sold out. So oh. unless you're already in it, um, I think you're out of luck. But And this just goes to the history nerd and myself. It's one called Get Your Game On, an interactive scavenger hunt of historic Philadelphia. Um, big social studies nerd. We take our eighth graders to Philly in, in November, and to see that there are sessions that incorporate the, the local area like that would have been one that had i been there in per person i would 100 percent have gone to that that would have been awesome you know i was thinking about stuff like that earlier in the show because there's so much history in philadelphia it's a city that i obviously i love and been to many times and used to live in and, and things like that but if you have a chance to go around do it right there's so much history um i i and, and if that session is full I don't think that means that you can't do it, right? Like, you know, it's a bunch of people running around the city. Just join in the fun. <laughs> I, I, I know there's some podcasters who are going to be doing food tours where they're going to yeah. go to different bars and restaurants and stuff. And they're going to be doing, you know, podcast recordings in all of Old Town Philadelphia. You know, don't look at something and says, oh, it's sold out. It's not for me. Number one, people might not show up. Number two, just tag along and go with it. The nice thing about Philadelphia 
as opposed to other places where we've had ISTE is everything's literally all in walking distance, right? Um, the art museum is probably about you know mile away, but that's still in walking distance. The the Liberty Bell is in walking distance. I mean, everything is in walking distance. So definitely have a chance to check it out. And as Debbie said, don't wear your heels. You know, make sure that mention, you've got something comfortable. Can I just mention one more thing? Yep. Um, one of the things that I really want to suggest for people who are going to ISTE is don't be afraid to take send some time to go to the playgrounds. I'm not saying that because I have three sessions. I'm saying that because playgrounds are like a science fair. Well, wait a minute. What what is a playground, right? Because I, I want to make sure people mm-hmm. like there's no is it, this is the jungle gym? Like what 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 do you mean by playgrounds? <laughs> so playgrounds look a lot like a science fair where there are different tables set up. Um, usually during a playground, there's one or two stage presentations, but it's meant for you to walk from person to person and do a, have them give you a short presentation. Usually those presentations are a couple of minutes, but you really drive that presentation. A lot of times they're hands-on where you get to try things. But I've found that whether I'm going to a playground, which is more like a science fair or a poster session, which is not as interactive, people are essentially just showing you things. It's a good way to get a lot for the bang for your buck because you, if there's, you know, like 10 sessions going on in that half hour, then you can get to talk to 10 different people and get 10 different ideas of things that you might want to do. And I really underestimated last year how powerful they could be. And it was a great way also, if you wanted to connect with somebody, you could actually have a conversation with them about what they're working on. And it wasn't just a presentation, but a conversation. So don't forget to put those in. I know Monday morning, both the, um, which is something that's near and dear to both um, Sarah and I, the early learning playground is from nine to 11. And then the ed tech coaches playground is from nine to 11. Up there at the same time, I kind of yes. wish they worked because they're two of my favorite playgrounds. And then Monday afternoon is the universal design for learning playground. But there's so many great things. And especially I know I've been really trying to dig deeper into AI. Well, I'm going to want to go to some of those playground sessions to learn more about AI versus go to a whole session where maybe it might be a little bit more overwhelming. You know, you just mentioned it, right? There's so much stuff happening at the same time. And that's difficult. My advice and is have a plan. Right. Have a plan, but but don't feel like you have to follow it. I've seen so many people get stressed at an ISTE because they have to be at a session or they have to be somewhere or they're missing something. Sometimes the best conversations are the ones that happen in the hallway. Um, Sarah, as we wrap up here, any advice that you would have to anybody maybe looking at ISTE as a virtual or ISTE as a, as a conference? What's your parting advice to anybody listening today? Check it out. Like, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Um, you may not look at it as I'm there in person, I'm missing out on a lot, but a lot of the learning absolutely will still happen. And you might just stumble upon something that excites you, reinvigorates your teaching career. Debbie, how about yourself? I think the biggest thing is you're at this place where you can learn a lot. Take advantage of that. Don't be afraid to go up to somebody who you might know from social media. Educators are the nicest people on earth. Don't be afraid to go, hey, I follow you on Twitter and talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to, when you sit down at a seat at a session, say hi, I'm and introduce yourself to the person sitting next to you. 
push yourself a little. I know educators, a lot of times we can be a little introverted. Push yourself out of that comfort zone and make as many connections as you can because the sessions are valuable, but the connections will last forever. These are all great pieces of advice. I'm going to add one more, and this is a sound like a weird one, but plan for next year. Um, when I'm going to be at ISTE this year, like I said, this is my 10th, and everybody always ends with, was it a great conference? And I never have an answer for that. 10 years of doing this, I never have an answer to the question, was it a good conference? I always answer the same thing. Ask me next year. Because I'm going to go to ISTE this year, and I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to see what's available. You know, you might find a professional network to join. You might find that Edu Protocols is for you. You might learn about the Google Teacher Academy or the Microsoft Instructional Coaches Certification. And that's going to set you on a path for what the next 12 months is going to be like. So I would suggest to anybody, whether it be virtually or physically, go in and figure out what you want to do for the next year. Who do you want to be interacting with? Make those connections. You never know what your year is going to be like. If you just take ISTE as three or four or five or six days, I think there's more to ISTE than that, right? Yeah. There is an amazing network called the ISTE Community Leaders. I've been a part of this for the last two years. And, and I got started with that because I went to ISTE and I learned about this. And I saw what these people were being asked to do and sharing. And I got involved. And it's been tremendously helpful to my career, my family, and to my profession here, and especially onto the podcast. So many doors were unlocked because I saw that at an ISTE conference and said, I'd like to join. I'd like to be a part of that. So if it's something like, hey, how do I become a Canva ambassador or a Google certified teacher or an Apple coach or a Microsoft innovative educator or any of those things, that's the time where you're going to be you know, writing down the checkoffs. When I get home, I'm going to research this. When I'm at home, I'm going to do this. And please don't feel free to or don't don't be ashamed, as Debbie just said to kind of fanboy over somebody. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> want to say the person's name, but I was at FETC walking down the hall and I saw somebody who I completely look up to but never had a chance to actually call them, email them, text them, whatever, get them on the podcast. And I immediately ran over and took a selfie. And that was how I introduced them myself to them. I literally put my arm around this complete stranger and took a selfie and then said, oh, by the way, hi, how are you doing? Now, that's creepy, but it worked. And so... The conference that, is so what? funny because when I went to ISTE in Philly, the first person I ran into was Jake Miller. Mm -hmm. And I went up to him. I was like, can I get a selfie? And I, and I was like, do you know who I am? And he's like, at that point, I didn't have my picture on Twitter. So <laughs> and he and every and it was totally fine. It's you know what? Everybody's there to have a good time. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Please let us know. We would love to help you out. And if you see me or Debbie or anybody there, please feel free to walk you up and say hello. You won't be able to miss me. I'm going to have a boot on my foot. <laughs> Sarah, where can we learn more about the great stuff that you're doing and, and that amazing website that you have? So my website is techyoucando.com. And I try to share out on a regular basis. Obviously, during the school year, it is a bit tougher. But now that we're in summer, and you can find all of my other social medias and other adventures. I do have a blog, a co-blog with uh, Brittany Priori called Tech with Littles. It's also linked on techyoucando.com. And then a co-created third blog called Templates for Teachers, 
again, also linked. So, and that shares out a bunch of templates that are ready to be used and modified for teachers that use Google. And Debbie, how about yourself? Um, pretty much everywhere. I'm Tannenbaum Tech. My website's TannenbaumTech.com. I'm on Twitter, mostly. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Facebook group for Tannenbaum Tech. Um, I'm on Instagram. I have a TikTok account, but I don't really use it. Um, and in addition to that, um, you can link to my books, um, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky or Amplifying Instructional Design um, on Amazon. And I have a blog that I've been putting out blog posts about every two weeks called the ABCs of Transforming Learning. Nice. And of course, you can check out all the great stuff over at askthetechcoach.com. Thank you guys so much. I will be definitely running around Philadelphia, probably with and without a microphone in my hands. So if you see me, please feel free to just give me a big bear hug. Would love to meet you guys. And on that, that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 246. On behalf of Sarah, Debbie, and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.